Hey y'all, this is Crystal. I just wanted to come in and give you an overview or a preface on the potluck conversation. You're going to listen to something that I hope really, really makes you think. And if not, you listen to something that at least you know BJ and I worked hard on. Okay? This is the first conversation I recall bringing up with BJ. Like, BJ brought it up like early on before this show was a thing. And I remember early on just not understanding how to approach the conversation. And I asked BJ for a few, you know, notes here and there just so I can get an idea of how I need to attack the topic. But I just, I could not. And it was like until fairly recently where I felt like I could give input. And as this conversation unfolds, I was also finding my footing in how to bring worth to the the conversation from my view. So I just want to talk about the conversation regarding women and then the conversation regarding the men. So in the conversation regarding the women, I don't feel like we covered the women, the roles of the woman, the roles that a lot of women fall into. We didn't cover it thoroughly in my opinion because I would have wanted to spend a little bit more time on the the person who takes on a lot because when I think about a meal, there is always one person who does a lot of the cooking, the bulk of the cooking. I really wish we could have gave her some time because I feel like she could have been the person that overextends herself for love and very rarely does she feel the appreciation that she deserves, right? And even if people are thinking that they're appreciating, it's just not getting there for her. Like she hears the thanks, she's accepting them, but she doesn't really feel the true gratitude, right? I would have liked to have touched on her, but you know, the conversations take on the life of its own. And so we do what we can do. Uh, We did talk about the empty handed person and the paper plate bringer which I relate the most to don't judge me I just really relate to these characters because I am not somebody who ever cooked right and then I do know that my upbringing did not put me in the best position to know how to date like I did not know what to expect I didn't know what to bring I was you know empty handed So I really relate to that character and that's why I feel like I fought for him so much. And then every other character we brought up to be like a a woman character, you know, a lot of them were sort of negative, but you get the gist. We have work to do, women. We're not perfect. We can't show up empty-handed and expecting things to just be handed out to us. We do need to bring something. We do need to offer something. And I think that's understood more and more. However, I am very concerned that women are getting you know the brow beating of a lifetime as of lately 2021 the guys just got all hot and bothered and decided to just attack us i mean and if we don't want to look at us attacking they have just really been on our case so instead of feeling like a victim i'm gonna say maybe there's some truth in what's being said and we should take a listen and see what we can do and then then we get into the men and that's like the last conversation and this conversation is very important to me because no matter how BJ brought the question and worded the question and asked the question 
I kept coming back to that man has a work to do when it comes to explaining, pleading for himself, expressing himself, not letting it fall on deaf ears that he needs more. And maybe that's what the men are doing in 2021. Maybe what we kind of perceive as an attack is just them really explaining themselves as far as like how they are feeling. I didn't just say that women were never dismissive of that. I feel like personally and the women that I know have always been asking for men to come forth and explain and communicate and emote and all the things that it requires for them to really, really feel alive in a relationship and men have just been closed off. And maybe now that they're opening up, we know why they were closed off because when they are talking to us, when they are communicating to us, it feels like maybe they're fussing at us. And we don't want to be fussed at, so maybe they've been hushed before and that's why they closed up and went quiet. So maybe we just have to find a place that, I guess, fits, like whatever this anger is, it's been pent up. So let's just accept it for what it is and not take it personally and try to hear them for what they're saying. But again, men, you still got to speak up because we don't know and we can't assume and we can't guess. We're all in this together, but we have to cooperate. Because while I do believe men have the larger responsibility when it comes to taking care of home, but women also have a responsibility. And if the man is not doing his part by speaking up and being alive and being himself and being emotional and whatever his personality requires of him, then he's kind of tying the woman's hand and not letting her do her part well. So then he can't complain that she's not the woman that he needs because he's literally not letting her be. And that's just how I feel. And that's like what I'll say to put in front of the whole conversation. So you guys will actually take the time out to listen and hear the full conversation. And I hopefully, I really, really hope you guys enjoy it. I enjoyed having this conversation. I can't thank BJ enough for taking a risk with me and doing this project. Uh, it's just been fulfilling in every way. So that's all I have, guys. Please listen to part one and part two of the potluck. You will not be disappointed. It is hot fire, okay? (laughs) All right, y'all. Know who gets love with Crystal and BJ. Hello, everybody. I am back. BJ is back. We are here (laughs) discussing, you know, part two of Potluck. So if you haven't heard the first conversation, I'm going to encourage you to stop. Stop what you're doing and go listen to the first Potluck conversation so you kind of get a feel of what's happening here. And if you already listened and you're right on time, right on schedule, you get to continue to play and understand that we are continuing the conversation, but we're going to focus a lot on the more male or masculine personalities, characteristics at the potluck and what it looks like when they are bringing things to the table or Mm -hmm. not. So um, (laughs) this is where we kind of jump in. BJ, do you have anything to input as far as like what we're going to talk about today? Oh, man. Um, I actually have a lot. I've been um, I've been kind of like piecing this thing together. 
And um, funny thing that we're talking about a meal because uh, this conversation was like taking like the marination process for me because mm-hmm. it was a bunch of stuff that I dumped on paper. Well, right. in the computer, because we don't write with pens very <laughs> often anymore. But same, you know, idea. Right. We've dumped a lot of ideas down. And before we got started, I kind of like took a second to review a lot of the stuff that I did write down as to the points I wanted to make. And I realized that a lot of these things are very tender subjects is is it goes way beyond the surface of what we initially wanted to like bring out in terms of speaking directly to the potluck is so much that goes into this space, but I'm going to intentionally try to stay on the subject so that we can continue the flow of um, how these conversations are lined up. Because of course we know the follow-ups to the potluck, but I want to like make sure that we, you know, have the same strategy and making sure that the listeners know that all of this goes into a sequence and a certain type of cycle that right. has to be addressed. So, um, okay, it's well, a do, lot. Do you want to like kind of like talk about it, like how compensation connects to potluck? Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, compensation is basically the the initiation, right? I feel like mm-hmm. once you get to a certain age, you realize, okay, it's time to date. Seriously. Right. You might've had your high school sweethearts and stuff like that already. But like, let's say you're in your early twenties and you know, it's time, right? So you don't know what to expect really, but you're still in that position to try to make the best decisions that you have. Um, that you mm-hmm. can make, right? And so that's right. where compensation is because it's the basic, what do you want? Now, I have to explain, like, just because you know what you want, it doesn't mean that's what you're going to get. And it doesn't mean that you are accurate as far as what you want. Like, you might have this imaginary false reality belief in what you want. So you are going to get to know yourself in this process. You're going to get to know the people that you are involving yourself with, and you're probably going to change a lot. So, but you do still need to know the basics of what you want. So that's where compensation was coming from. And so once you get past that, you kind of realize that how does my background How does my upbringing affect my decision making? How has my upbringing molded me as a a person as far as how I exchange love or just basic like in the Mm -hmm. dating realm? And I feel like that's how compensation connects to potluck because we're opening up like the first example of what you're bringing to a table because the potlucks, the dinners, the gathering is like the actual bringing something to the table, but I think that creates the mindset in most of us. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And it very well touches on how we pay respects to people as well. I found Mm -hmm. this as I was digging through the notes and, and I'm like I said, I can only really refer to black culture because I am a black man, but I'm pretty Mm -hmm. sure these dynamics kind of, um, have the same trajectory in other cultures, but um, we pay respects to women by allowing them authority in the areas of the potluck, mm-hmm. right? So yes. the feelings and conditions of control, the idea that we have stepped outside of ourselves to 
allow another person leadership and direction. We've had these moments where in more than just the dating and family settings, um, women have been really rallying for positioning and placement amongst society, amongst every other dimension you could probably think of, and only for women to be able to show that they're capable of doing everything that everybody else has been doing in place of them. So there's a a relinquishing of authority that goes into the settings that we have at our dinner tables with family and in dating. The only difficulty in this conversation is that we're not giving anybody the benefits of any doubts. We're going to be just as fair to the women as we, you know, pretty much gave them the scolding in part one. We're going to do the exact same thing for men, because what I realize is that by letting women take the reins in some instances, this is how men have become aware of the lack of acknowledgement that they now get because they've assumed to play the back role or they assume to play the background to let her lead. And now she knows what it feels like to be you. So it's a possibility that she doesn't need you as much as she did before. Hmm. So it's a tricky way to um, go into this. But like I said, I'm going to do my very best to stay on point. But it is a lot. It is okay. a lot. All right, guys. So get ready. Because I'm being <laughs> basically as BJ, even though we do a lot of prep, when BJ asks the questions, that's how my answer is going to be shaped. So, whew, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> oh, man. OK, so let's just give it a go. All right. All right. So as we pretty much stated, um, there is um, differences when we speak to women and then when we speak to men in this circumstance and the subtle differences in this conversation is that in part one, the women actually had positions to discuss in part one. Right. But in part two, the men don't. We discuss their personalities because in this moment of transparency here, um, some of who women are in these spaces of family gatherings and in dating is because our men decided to step aside from their needed placement and appointed positions just to let her take the reins. And now we wonder why she doesn't need us for as much as she did before. And I'm going to explain this concept by starting with what we call the den, right? Now, everybody is familiar with the den. That's where most of the men are when the women are prepping the meal and preparing the food for not only you, the man, but the family as a whole. And he is comfortable there because there is a likelihood that he paid for most, if not all of what you use to prepare the meal with. The den is the sentiment of relaxation for the labor of provision the man may have made throughout this time and the woman decides to take charge and prepare the entire meal. But in the romance department, that narrative seems to shift because as the position he plays in the den, he tries to bring that into the dating situation. So now he thinks that once he pays the price for what you need, that's all he has to do. Hmm. This is why when he defends himself in any other form of disagreement, 
his argument is all about what he paid for, not knowing that paying for things is merely providing resource, but not always a contribution. So the den is somewhere where men tend to hide because it's like, okay, I done all that I could do. So now we turn to women in this vulnerable space as men saying, what what more do you want from us outside of providing resource? Because now women are saying being a provider is not enough. OK, um, I am kind of torn. All right. Um, right so right. for me, I am experiencing difficulties approaching this because. While I understand that as a woman, I need more than just a provider, which means I don't want him to just throw money at it. You know, I want him to be more involved. But when I think Mm -hmm. about the potluck itself in like its actual term, I don't know if I need him in the kitchen. (laughs) I don't know where else he would be if he's not waiting for the meal to be provided. Okay, everybody in the kitchen has a task and I don't know if I want him in the kitchen with me in a sense. And so what that looks like, I guess, in like dating, there are some areas that I don't necessarily need him to be active, but there are other areas. And I guess it needs to be clarified for the individuals Mm -hmm. that are together. What areas do they feel like the providing is not enough, right? And for right, me, that right. would be, for me personally, that would be like, okay, yeah, you take care of home, but I also want to feel like you take care of me. And taking care of me has zero to do with the roof over our head and the groceries and the bills being paid. Taking care of me involves me feeling loved and cared for. So as far as emotions is concerned and me getting something from you that can't be dialed in that can't just be you know worked off site I need you to interact with me and make take care of me in that sense and a lot of people I guess a lot of men feel like if they're just financially taking care of home that's it so I do understand the den in that aspect because they're just taking care of home and they feel like they could just sit around and do whatever it is they decide they desire because they've done everything else And while I don't want to take that comfort away from them, there is other things to check off on that list. Like, what's your relationship like with your children if you have them? What's your relationship? What's the intimacy level like with their wife? You know, what is that? What is that looking Mm. like? So that's what I would add to that as far as reinforcing what you said about them just being in the den and doing nothing else other than just throwing money at the the household, and then to add perspective to say there needs to be communication had because sometimes it's not clear because I don't want them in the kitchen necessarily. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a very difficult concept to mm-hmm. address because I strongly believe that that's the moment of a man. Well, this is the idea of it. That's the moment when a man is supposed to understand what a woman feels like to be in the background. Right. Uh, okay. Because All right. I get that. That um, that position of taking the back seat and letting a person lead, and then finding out that their leadership isn't enough, and then finding out that 
their leadership doesn't always include or count me in. Mm. That is the moment where we begin to feel what women typically feel when the backseat role is not necessarily what we asked for, but somehow we just fell in it. So that's a process for both men and women to kind of discuss with each other because you have to heed to the experience of the person that knows more about that than you. So as a man, this is the moment when you come and engage your partner. And that's when you instill those moments of intimacy by way of conversation and communication. Right. I want to, not to cut you off. Uh, I'm sorry. I wanted to bring out this, um, the backseat portion of what you just mm-hmm. said. And I guess understanding what it's like to be in the background of mm-hmm. what's happening. And I think when um, I guess I've experienced my husband taking care of things and just basically having control over what's going to happen regarding major financial decisions. I think mm-hmm. it's okay, right? That I don't have a lot of input there, but I still need to communicate my concerns. Does that make sense? So yes, I, I think, absolutely. I think while the den in the kitchen, so while I'm in the kitchen cooking, he's in the den. He doesn't come in the kitchen to cook, but he can tell me what he wants, right? Is that oh, is that I get what you're saying? Yeah, yeah he, he can yeah, tell me what I he wants to eat. He's influencing what I'm cooking in the kitchen, but he doesn't have to be in there while I'm cooking it. While and, and same thing, like I just want to influence the major decision making, but I don't have to make the decision. And I think that's mm. how I would feel comfortable because in a lot of these situations where I'm supposed to take the back seat. There are some concerns and it doesn't mean I don't trust him and it doesn't mean that he has shown me that he couldn't, but there are some concerns that he might not be looking at. He not he may not be considering that I would just like to interject to just make sure. So Okay. That's okay. that's where I'm coming from with that. I just wanted to open that up a bit. Yeah, and I totally agree with that position, but what I find in what you just said is that is the coming of age perspective that we arrive to once we've gone through not really knowing how to navigate in the space, in the moment. Mm-hmm. So like we've, we've had the processes of understanding what self care and self help and therapy and all of those things entail. But a lot of people that we're speaking to are still women in the kitchen or still men in the den. So what, This example I gave is leading up to is we're starting to see that the den is where the leadership is while the women are in the fire. Like they're cooking. Mm. They bear the responsibility of all who depends on this meal as well as the preparation of the nourishment. And out of this, the man still wants his presence felt. He still wants to be regarded. He still wants his name to hold a certain level of regality. Mm -hmm. But he's not there in the fire. Right. So it's like when we talk about the potluck, a lot of men today are who they are in relationships based on how they feel about the ones that they've been in. And we feel like we have been treated as if the only way to receive anything is after the table has been prepared or what we brought to the table 
is sufficient. So their just due is contingent upon the proper provision and protections they bring forth. The feelings that they have are not even addressed because they come emotionally deficient and actually uncomfortable communicating the true emotions in this dynamic. So all of the positions that they play in the potluck are passive. Right. I would challenge in that sense, because I'm hearing that men feel left out emotionally. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. Men feel left out emotionally because they, I guess, remove themselves physically. Right. And in that sense, how does a woman, I feel like this relates to the, the compensation conversation we have where the woman does take the brunt of the work when it comes to emotions, because it's not right, that easy right, to right. figure out what a man needs emotionally. Right. Mm-hmm. And so then it's like, right. if it's my responsibility, how do I handle it? How do I provide for it? How do I set the table for that? Specifically, if that's yeah. my responsibility, because yeah. I feel like yeah. I get I get he's I get this is his way. But if he needs more, if he needs more from me in that area, how do I go about getting it if he just physically stays removed into the den? Like I'm trying to I'm trying to gauge how can a woman be proactive there? How can we be great providers in that sense? Well, hearing the way that you've just voiced your position, it really isn't anything that a woman can do. In that regard, it's it's solely up to the man. But I will have to give women credit because there's things that they have done for ages to to show that they pay that respect and that gratuity to that man. Mm -hmm. But we just haven't communicated that it wasn't working or it didn't it didn't provide the fulfillment that we thought it was supposed to. So, like, I'll start by saying it's easy for a scared man to let a woman take charge. Mm. It's a very easy thing to do. And I stand on scared because we are scared and afraid to lose the women we love most. But we won't admit that we really don't know how to keep them all the time. Like, we really don't know how to really illustrate that it is a terrifying thing to be alone with all of the chaos that goes on in my life. Now, there is a mental health and there's also a a physical battle that plays a huge part in this issue that we're addressing in the potluck because in the same breath of saying that we're scared to lose our women, we are also mistreating them and often stepping out on them because their power structure and leadership dynamics never seem to involve or consider us. Now, when we take the step back to say, hey, babe, do your thing, do what you do best. It's almost as if her leadership structure or her leadership dynamic is solely based upon the idea that I know what I'm doing because for a long time, we didn't recognize them as knowing anything or being being able to participate in the responsibilities of our livelihoods. So now it seems like it's like a I am woman hear me roar moment when she is like running the house. 
well, at least that's what it appears to be for men. So it's like, okay, she does her thing. And while she's doing what she's doing and taking the lead and showing her capabilities, it seems as though in those moments when you want her to recognize that, hey, this is what dad typically does or, hey, this is what I usually let him take control over. Sometimes she forgets that he's still there. And that's when he begins to feel he begins to understand what it feels like to be a woman in the space where somebody else is in charge and somebody else is taking the responsibilities. And he's never aware of it until it actually offends him. Hmm. So the dynamic of the family gathering really does show how a man's feelings sometimes work against who he really wants to be to the family because he has to see himself first right 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 yeah that is tough um that's very tough it's extremely tough um, i guess you don't realize how tough it is until you're trying to talk about it and try mm-hmm. to like create discussion surrounding it because for me i'm like solution driven so i, I want to find the answer like or at least something to work towards like what can you do yeah. to help him but it's like it's something that he has to see on its own and on his own. I think right. um, it's kind of hard for the women because they see it. You know, they see a lot of women see themselves. A lot of women can identify when they're not doing their best and they can identify when right. maybe they have stepped on their men's toes. Right. But mm-hmm. they are comfortable admitting that if then that man can admit his shortcomings and then the experience is he can't admit his shortcomings because he doesn't see them. He doesn't see them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which leads us to the very first sign that we see of a man trying to validate himself Mm -hmm. in both settings, be it the dinner table with family or the dinner table with women. He settles for things like the big piece of chicken. Right. Is he settling now? Yes, absolutely. He's settling for the big piece of chicken. Absolutely. What? What? Yes. What should be like proper and it wouldn't be considered a settle. Proper would be to voice the influence on the meal like you mentioned mm, okay like, okay he's settling for the big piece of chicken which was a form of gratuity for who made the sacrifices for what we all feast on today gotcha um the size or the portion of his meal without him knowing is a direct representation of the responsibility he feels he takes on for the family as a whole and women without knowing it tends to to pile up his plate to make sure that he gets enough to get full. So what he's eating is the very thing that he's tired of. He's tired of all of the responsibilities of the things that are on his plate. Ooh, (laughs) that's deep. All right. Okay. Yeah, I feel it. And he isn't, and he isn't equipped with emotional intelligence to ever communicate that there is too much on his plate at home. Or in life or love. That's deep. But he attempts to finish the plate in efforts to not waste what he paid for. Mm, 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 that was good. That was good. <laughs> that was good. All right. Okay. I'm trying to wrap my mind. All right. Uh, again, I feel like I am faced with this responsibility because as a woman, I want to do my part. I want to pull my weight. I want to make right, this right. right. But my hands are tied because mm-hmm. you, he, they won't communicate their lack. 
in this area. Right, right. And I cannot help them if they don't do that because I don't know that if you're if you're showing me strength and togetherness, then I have to follow that. I don't I don't feel like it'll be wise for a woman to keep approaching a man saying you don't have it. You're weak. Something is wrong. You know, like, I don't think that's wise. I don't think that helps either. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like if he doesn't communicate and become honest in this in this position of not getting what he wants not having the meal of his choice not having the experience of his choice then he is locking people out yeah they can see him in their own fire but they can't they can't access him to help him right right and now we find ourselves understanding that the idea that the way to a man's heart is his stomach that's not necessarily true because it's misinformed that you've been feeding his insecurities for a long time. <laughs> you not listen. This too much for me. <laughs> yeah, because now much. we learning that men are doing a lot of emotional eating too. Ooh-wee. So it's like, how is piling your plate up beneficial to the health of a man or relationship? Huh. Like now we're back to talking about men having a support system, having a healthy relationship diet, mm-hmm. having having a workout partner in these areas where you feel like you're overwhelmed. So now you got a man with sometimes two plates. He's going back for seconds because he's emotionally eating all of what he deals with in the relationship and in life as a man, period. And though it's not a woman's fault because the big piece of chicken is symbolic for how much acknowledgement we show to the breadwinner or the head of the house, the piece of chicken is now not the the nourishment that we desire. And it's it's hard because it's like what do what does a woman do when you don't have a cha- when you don't even have a taste for chicken today? Like what is she supposed to do? Um I guess in real life, you would just say, well, what would you like to eat today? <laughs> but okay. In actuality, in the conversation realm, you, you, you're just trying to figure it out. You know, you're just, you're just making mm-hmm. do with what you have available. You know, I, I right. assume in actuality, in real life, when you're cooking, you're not making the same meal every day. However, he is probably getting a large portion. So mm-hmm. you would hope that at some point you either can pick up on signs that something he don't like something about the the big piece of chicken or something about the meal you're providing. Hopefully you have, you can pick up on signs and get some kind of guidance on how to do something differently, hopefully. But a lot mm-hmm. of times, mm-hmm. and this is just me kind of carrying on from what you're saying in this example, a lot of times all of what the man is, you know, eating and putting on his plate kind of instead of it being something that he discusses or needs to discuss he goes on to eat all of what's on his plate and then assumes that the woman just take her lesser role because this is all on my plate you just stand back there and watch me eat allow me Mm. allow me to Mm. be the man that I am because there's so much on my plate you know allow me allow me to run this because there's so much on my plate and not really breaking down whether whether he doesn't need it all on his plate and he wants something to change. Yeah, He's just like, yeah. well, since so much on my plate, I get to act like this. Women see that discontent and I don't know if they recognize it 
when it's happening, but there is a point of discontentment that shows up in a relationship where a woman will spend hours in the kitchen, in the fire, slaving over the stove just for him to not be hungry. Mm. Right. And there's a much deeper conversation than that that we can actually have. But I think that it'll stray too far away from the topic mm-hmm. at hand. But um, I will say men know most times when they don't have an appetite. But this is our moment to say something to women that they say to us all the time. You know how a woman will remind you of what you did to get her to insist that you never forget what it takes right. to keep her. You know, like, you know, you did all of this in the beginning, but now that you got me, it's like you want to slack. So this is the moment that he regurgitates those same sentiments to you. So even when he knows he isn't hungry, he will still let you cook anyway. Is that him being nice? Is that him trying not to make you feel like you're wasting your time? What is that? Um, What is like the lack of appetite resemble in actual relationship? Um, wow. It, oh man, I really don't okay. know. I don't know. I, it may be misguided, if anything. Because immediately, because you can, you can immediately uh, connect it to sexual appetite, okay? Um, you can immediately connect mm-hmm. it to just the desire to be responsible in this setting. You know, a lot of men, when they realize that there's too much on their plate, they want to disconnect completely. And I feel like that's where these these outside relationships come in at because in these outside relationships, yeah, it's easier. Yeah. They only have to present one part. Mm-hmm. And that's not, it doesn't feel as, yeah, you know, they, they're yeah. not as accountable and responsible, right? So maybe because he won't communicate the need for something different or something less or just anything that could help this woman do better in the kitchen, he ends up detaching completely that's a possibility yeah because that is that's very true um because most men are not being honest about their eyes sometimes being bigger Mm -hmm. than their stomachs and um we see a lot of this happening around us that um that we take pride in because it makes us feel responsible but it's also where the big piece of chicken entitlement comes from because what you don't realize that you're communicating and not having the appetite is that I, I would prefer to be mentally and spiritually fed well than to be stuffed and boggled down with responsibility. So the response to the responsibility is what makes you extremely, I guess, extremely arrogant to insist upon saying to her, well, I know I ain't hungry, but you should cook anyway. But then to What you should also say is being stuffed and boggled down is what makes me extremely lazy in the relationship because I need help. I need to be considered in different areas or in different ways, which is which is something a woman may never understand that though she's not at fault, she does contribute to. So the big piece of chicken now becomes the ego being fed and not the necessary hunger that you may have thought you had yeah so it's hard it's hard to really say it's just hard in general because i need i'm going to need i'm going to need the strong man that um this hard worker 
this provider, this great provider, to communicate right. what's missing. I need that because as as a woman who is trying to play her role well, she cannot go on anything but him. She cannot assume. She cannot guess. She has to know. Right, and the right. only way she knows for a fact is if he is communicating. We're going to keep getting back here because I, I need I need the men to understand that it is not okay to be in flames, to be unhappy, to be unsatisfied and not say anything and expect something to change. Your actions yeah, they speak louder than words, but by the time you act out on how you're feeling, you're probably disrespecting the relationship as a whole. So while, you know, a lot of people, when they think about infidelity in relationships, they get mad and, you know, they're questioning like, okay, if this is like the only time this man has stepped out, like, why is she so angry and why does this happen in a relationship? Because we know infidelity doesn't end every relationship, but it does end a lot of relationships. And you, you then have the the example of what we're talking about right now, where he has time and time and time and time and time again to communicate a need that could easily be satisfied, but he refuses to. So it's almost like he needs an excuse to mess up. Yeah. So I think that's yeah. how the woman is looking at this, this, this attitude of, I can't talk about it. She's taking it personal because you could have talked about it. She wants to be, the person you talk to talk to. She wants to be the person who satisfies you. She wants to be all of these things. But if she don't have any help as far as communication and openness from you, how can she take care of you? Yeah, she wants you to take care of her. Yeah, her her feelings matter. Yeah, all of that. But she's also probably communicating all of this. But here you are just adding to your plate or letting her add to your plate and not communicating about it. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what happens. And, you know, it's funny that um one of the other points that I come to that's very important for us to discuss because it deals with gluttony. Ooh. And um, we can actually say that because men don't understand the power of communication, they are the source of gluttony to their own punishment. Mm. So um, we we spin this back around to the concept that we're going to call biting the hand that feeds you. Okay. Right. Now, biting the hand that feeds you is in reference to the cheater. Gotcha. Right. Mm -hmm. Now, typically, when we say biting the hand that feeds you, we're talking about disrespecting the provider. But as we can see, the provider doesn't even have a suitable idea or concept of respect to even be respected in this space right. he'll just settle for the bigger plate and the bigger piece of chicken right right so let's go back to the original and then bring it back to the advanced concept okay of biting the hand that feeds you biting the hand that feeds you is common to do when you don't have the same responsibility as the person who provides the means and as things continue to grow in hunger, there is a shift in attitude that is often considered to be disrespectful to the provider. But what happens when the breadwinner isn't providing enough to satisfy your appetite? 
because again, you're saying he's had multiple times to communicate what it is he's feeling, what it is that he wants and needs in these moments. And he doesn't. And now you as the, the hand that feeds is feeling away. Right. Like, what is it? Well, what does it take for you as the woman to communicate? Hey, you're not saying much about if the meal is even good. Did you enjoy the meal? Like, you're not saying anything. Like, so what happens when the breadwinner is not providing enough to now satisfy your appetite for the relationship? There's breakdown. Breakdown happens. Because I need to be confident in what I do. I need to make sure that I'm doing well. Just like, you know, you want the you want the pleasure of knowing that you're taking care of your home. I want the same pleasure mm-hmm. of knowing that I'm taking care of my home and not in my different perspective. You know, so it's like it's just as important. Both roles are important. Our ideals and what we provide are different, but they're ex- they're mm-hmm. um exchangeable if you think about it. It's just as important. If if I need to provide nourishment for this home. And make everybody comfortable and, and help them understand that, yes, their feelings do matter and it all counts. And we just need to all have them on the table so we can do something about it. I am I'm at odds when I cannot do what I am here to do. Yeah, you get to go mm-hmm. to work and you get to throw money at it and you feel like most of what your position is is covered. But then you are not covering everything because you're not talking about where you feel like things can improve for you here. Right. So it's mm-hmm. like the communication of it is just it. I feel like it's looked at as the woman nagging. Well, how come this and how come that and how come this? Because, again, this emotional setup, this emotional providing thing, we're not set up the same way. It is not set up for a man to feel comfortable expressing all these ideas and feelings. Right. So the woman mm-hmm. is talking about it, but it don't mean he's catching hold and saying, you're right. Let me do this differently. At least not in the past. We're hoping that we're working towards that today as we are coming, becoming more clear that both of us require and need and we're just as important as each other. Like, no, there is no one more important in this in this relationship. We're both important. Mm-hmm. So I just really, really, really feel like it's going to be a breakdown. If there is no communication and I don't know what the woman does, but just becomes cold in her approach. Like the the, wow. the food is cold now. Yeah, you might get the big piece of chicken mm. in the largest portion, but it's yeah, cold. But the plate is cold. You might have to reheat wow. it yourself. That's what wow. I, that's what I think. Wow. <laughs> because I remember when we were like going over this mm-hmm. and um for the listeners, even though this may be like an overwhelming conversation for you here. It's way more difficult when me and Crystal are in the background putting this together. Mm -hmm. And she asked me a question. She was asking, like, is there a pain free way to discuss a need for more? And that's a very hard question to ask black people in particular. Like, it's it's not it's not an easy, breezy way to say that who you are in the space of being treated like you're lacking upon inception. There's no way to tell a person that you're not enough there's or no what way. you're doing. That is not enough. Like that's a very difficult conversation for us as a people to have. So I want the listeners that are outside of the black culture to ask yourself that and see what your answer would be and possibly give suggestions to us to kind of like, 
like filter a way through such a thing because whether we know this or not, we've become like gluttons in so many areas as individuals, whereas a man is more or less a glutton for his own punishment. And a woman is put in a position to where she has to leave him with the brunt of the responsibilities because he's not communicating that he needs her or what he would need her for. Right. So it's from the looks of things, the way that we speak in the way that we're speaking in terms of biting the hand that feeds you, it looks like this is all the man's fault right now. (laughs) So, you know, nobody in this position that we're speaking of is getting any love. If we were to ask who get love in this scenario, nobody's getting it. Right. Clearly. So, I guess the question would be, is it possible that you have consumed so much at the expense of the provider that now you don't know when he's being devoured by the responsibility? And I'm asking that for a woman because if it has a follow up question, but I wanted to know how you look at that first before I go into the next part. Okay. Can you repeat the question? Okay, is it possible that not just you, the woman, but as we speak about the family as a whole, is it possible that we consume so much at the expense of the provider that now he feels as though he's being devoured? It's possible. It's it's possible. I'm going to think I'm going to say it's highly likely because mm-hmm. because of the position he's placed himself in and allowed himself right, to stay. Right. Yeah, we're we're mm-hmm. probably eating them alive, okay? Um, and it's unfortunate. It's really unfortunate. My heart goes out to them. Um, I'm screaming <laughs> at the top of my lungs about it because I love them. I want him mm-hmm. to be just as happy as me, right? But I'm not truly happy here because I, I could tell something is wrong, right? So it's just like I, I want him to get everything he feels like he deserves, but... I can't help him because the way he's been set up and the way society has defined his role, he basically makes himself a martyr. Mm. It's like, we're supposed to, this is what we're supposed to do to you, sir. You're not saying nothing about it. (laughs) (laughs) You're not saying anything about it. Right. 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 So on the back end of that question, Wow, I don't even know how to ask this. Just ask it. <laughs> when we talk about like breadwinning, there's theories behind what that is to make you be like applicable and what that that term breadwinner is supposed to stand for. But what you assume it to be could be adding the extra stress, the extra like turmoil that you feel because not only are you assuming the things that need to be done on your part as the breadwinner, you're actually defending of the family against their own individual responsibilities to themselves. So you take, you take on the extra workload along with the standardized, I guess, guidelines to what a breadwinner is mm-hmm. because we do that too. We assume to do everything for, each individual person that makes the family instead of taking care of the family as the unit. So like, is that a part of what he feels like being that breadwinner? 
I'm kind of stuck. Um, for clarity, so I can answer this question right. So, mm-hmm. we are covering, could the appetite be growing because we... The workload that he assumes for not just the unit as a collective, but also dealing with the individual needs of each person within that space. So instead of just providing the the standard provisions that you would give to the family to make the family comfortable, you begin to itemize each individual person's needs instead of dealing with them as a unit. Okay. So who So now it's like the burden has heightened because you're dealing with them individually and as a collective and that's overwhelming. Right, right, right. So whose appetite is growing? Is the family appetite growing or is the man's appetite growing? We're in that instance we're talking about the family. The family. Okay. So mm-hmm. I feel like the family appetite is going to grow. Okay. Um, because while they might be fed in one sense, the way that the breadwinner is operating, they're left starving in another. So they're going to okay. consume okay. what they get. And if it's less of what they want, less of what they need, it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. The, the The more they get used to eating, the more they'll need to eat. Wow. Wow. So now we take this outside of the family structure to discuss the dating aspects of this potluck conversation because everything ties into how he operates in dating. He assumes that when you are the woman that we spoke of in part one, where he finds a woman that just so happens to have a nice size amount of children, Mm -hmm. he handles your children the way that he handles his family. Mm -hmm. You know, um, he tries to take on the relationship as, you know, man and woman. And then he also tries to deal with the collective as individuals and as a whole. And he stretches himself thin in those spaces. Mm -hmm. But we turn around and say, if a man loves you, he going to love who comes with you. You know, real man. It takes a real man to deal with a woman with kids and all of these different things that devalue the attempt that he really wants to make to love you. But he may just need to communicate to you that what you ask for, or what you bring is going to be slightly difficult for me to step up to. And this is where you have the conversation. But society treats him as if when he makes mention of the very things that he doesn't communicate at the potluck that he need. It's like, well, you're not well, you're not it. You're not the one. When before this, nobody was stepping up to you because you were being prejudged for having that many kids. Right. Well, I really just need um, the breadwinner, this this guy, this provider to understand that despite what society thinks, he matters and how he sees it matters and what he wants counts. Mm-hmm. And he's going to have to define it for himself because as you can see, he has very poor directions uh, to live up to very poor standards to live up to. They gonna leave, they gonna kill you. Okay, the standards that society yeah, has set facts, up for you facts. is taking you out of here sooner 
rather than you, you're going to be gone pretty soon. Mm-hmm. So I really feel like the man, it's important for him to define himself, find worth in what, how he's defined a man to be. You can't rely on everybody else's definition. Okay. Cause you'll never be enough if that's the case. So mm-hmm. if you're taking on the responsibility, let's say of who already has children and you're trying to do your best there, then you do your best there. But if you know that's not ideal for you, then don't bother, okay? Because, listen, mm-hmm. you matter. And and how you're going to be able to add to somebody or take away from somebody, however it looks, whatever you can contribute needs to matter as well. And you got to know going forward, you got to know yourself enough to know if that's going to work for you or not. I think that's. Uh, I think that those things that we see, Whenever we see men who approach women with like big families or who have big bags to carry in those things, it's really us um, using our pride to drive us to challenge ourselves to do more. We want to step up to the plate and we want to be the the resource or the utility to your betterment. We don't just buy time or waste time the way that it appears to be in those dating settings where we see women are like okay if you couldn't do what you said you were going to do don't do it like no we tried and it just failed <laughs> it's not like a you know it's not like we really set out and said hey i'm going to go over here and waste this woman's time it's not that simple right or stupid i, I you know get it I, I hear you loud and clear i get it right but <laughs> it's mm-hmm. hilarious <laughs> Because we, men, you gotta understand that as different creatures, it being set up different, we're gonna react differently, right? So something very well-meaning can be interpreted in the exact opposite because we are different. And so I, I really just, my heart goes out to men in the situation where they tried and they failed, right? And they don't get credit for the attempt, right? Um, My heart goes out to you because on the other end, that woman is just like, she feels like she gave you all the tools to get it right. And you ignored them all. Like I hear this, this is a quick example, but I hear this story all the time that a woman will give her husband a grocery list, right? And then he'll come back with everything but what was on the list, right? And and it's nothing against mm-hmm. him. Thank you for going to the store, boo. But what'd you go there for? You know? <laughs> right? So right. it's like <laughs> right, right. There, there's a disconnect that's funny to me, but it really needs to be worked on to try to, I guess, connect enough to where you see what, so you can see what they're asking for. That way, if you don't mm-hmm. completely provide it, they can still give you credit for getting there halfway. Right. Yeah, you're right. I think I think if I could kind of explain what the grocery list analogy is mm-hmm. in real time, um, it actually fits perfect to the her and all her kids character of mm-hmm. part one. Now, what we see in those moments is a woman who already has enough responsibility without you bringing yourself or submitting yourself to the table but what a man what a man looks at logically in that situation is the possibility that it may not be as much 
for me to deal with her because he's assuming that these kids still have a father. So when he steps to her in the attempts to be her partner, he's not looking at her load the same way that she looks at it because she knows that the father isn't present. So she's on the inside of the situation saying that, okay, not only do I need a partner, I need somebody to actually help me to contain this unit of children that I have. Whereas in his mind, he's saying, well, I wouldn't have to necessarily do as much because he's assuming that the father is active. So this is why those conversations have to right. be had. Because of the fact, like, it doesn't change that you're beautiful. It doesn't change that you're deserving of what I feel like I have to offer you. And so this is why women feel like guys are wasting their time because logic is speaking to why his approach is what it was, not necessarily knowing what you required. Right. He's on the outside right. looking in. So when I when I look at this situation, I'm like, well, she got five kids. It got to be a daddy somewhere. You know what I'm saying? And maybe that's the yeah, wrong approach. It's, it's completely wrong. Um, it's yeah, <laughs> completely but, wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's what drives us. Like sometimes we use our logic and not the emotional connection to the issue. Right. So this is where you get those situations from, even in the, the potluck setting of the family. You know what I'm saying? Logically, it looks like, well, that's what a man's supposed to do. All of what daddy been doing. But. Does it logically gives him the right amount of consideration? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it, it probably know. doesn't give him the right amount of consideration, but she does. She, I think in her actions in the first scenario of kitchen and den, I think in her actions, she feels like she's considering him. Yeah. Um, yeah. I want to bring out, cause you, you mentioned yeah. like the glutton for punishment regarding the men. And um, I, I, I'm mm -hmm. guessing I'm, realizing this correlation because i've heard before in conversations and i agree with it that men need to feel needed um i think that's why sometimes like the successful women they don't tend to get like a whole bunch of suitors approaching them it's because you know they come off as strong they got all that stuff together where does he fit right and and they need right, and men right, need to be right. needed and in them needing to be needed sometimes they put themselves in extremely challenging situations and um even though they are performing and providing what they can, they they tend not to get the credit they feel like they deserve because they went in with this idea, oh, she needs me, right? But she might not have mm -hmm. needed you for what you are offering, right? And so you have to understand mm -hmm. like there's a, there's a disconnect there too because what you're offering is, yeah, maybe companionship and a little extra income. In the household or whatever, but like she doesn't need that. If you if you're answering this, she might want you just to be a uh somebody who she can do like more outings with, somebody who she can maybe pass some responsibilities to. If this is the woman with the kids, like she don't make she get two of the kids, she can make sure they get to where they need to go. Maybe you can help the other three, you know, like stuff like that. So it's just like mm -hmm. I get it. Like men are more logical, right? And women are more emotional. But we got to understand that maybe our emotions and our logic are somewhat of the same. But, you know, like I've discussed before, I don't know if those conversations have come out yet, but they're somewhat of the same, but they, they feel different and, and come out differently. 
Right. I think women have yeah, yeah women yeah, have to do. be more emotional because the way we're set up, like we actually have babies and we need to connect to them, right? And then also we have to think about mm-hmm. like our instincts, right? Sometimes our instincts kick in when there's a threat. And sometimes when men treat us poorly or make us feel less than, they're instinctually <laughs> they're causing our instincts to protect. So when we act out, uh maybe become selfish, cold, or, you know, just totally remove ourselves from situations, our instinct, our instincts were was informing us to react that way because we didn't feel safe anymore. And I think we, you know, while men have their logic and what feels right and sound and what's the reality of things, women also have their setup as, as how they, of how they are moving in life. And we gotta, we gotta mm-hmm. understand both of us have a right to operate the way that we do. But we both also have to work on where we need to fix and work out our differences if we're going to be with the man or the man going to be with a woman. We got to figure that out because if we don't, like, we're just going to be lost in experiencing life separately Yeah. while we're trying yeah. to be together. There's so many ways that we, we contribute and encourage yeah. the division that we see in these spaces because like even as you were like mentioning like how children respond respond to the parenting there's a different dynamic for men and women when Mm -hmm. it comes to children because the connection is automatically assumed for the woman because she's the one that gave birth and the man is just fighting for the child to know that i am who i am to you so there's a there's a different conversation that a man is ultimately going to have with a child because the fight for attachment is different. It's automatically assumed for the woman because this is mm-hmm. where you came from. But the attachment for the man is like a fight to to matter. I don't have the same leverage or the same dog in the fight when it comes to your mom because naturally this is where you come from. This is who nurtures you. And so the logic in men with children is for the mom to make you significant in that space. In order for the child to need you in most cases, the child has to see the need of the man in terms of the mother. So we have to communicate differently in those spaces too. When you hear your mom saying like, your daddy ain't coming because or whatever those circumstances are, that's a different level of nourishment that a child grows up into. And, the possible needs are then regurgitated through them in the same process that we're discussing right yes. now. The hungers begin to change. The child doesn't necessarily need their dad anymore because there wasn't an adequate response to him not being present. Because again, when we look at these spaces where men are in the den while women are in the fire, we can talk about childcare too. We could talk about so many different instances where men need to be present, not just expected to have their presence felt. It's a it's a difference. Right. You know, so it's so much that goes into why we need to communicate better and and how we actually feed and nourish each other in relationships and how we respond to appetites growing in relationships and all of these different ways that we could take this conversation but for the most part i realized that there's not many personalities that we can address by way of characterizing because men don't necessarily play a position in these spaces they have feelings about 
these situations. And this is what we've begun to unravel in today's conversation, which was difficult. But I think that we kind of got the message. I don't across, know. I don't know, BJ. I know. think I could have came up with some characters, but <laughs> let me not. <laughs> I could have. I could have did it. Um, but yeah, let me not. I get it. Like the overall, the, what I want to do for this conversation and for, I guess, um, the people listening is basically say in good faith that we understand men are trying. Right. And we understand that their plates Mm -hmm. are full, but there is much required of them in regards to maybe what they're not comfortable with. Like it wouldn't be so hard for you if you didn't make it so hard for you. Right. If you didn't buy into this idea that you had to be a certain way to be considered a man. Right. So that that's kind of like why I'm letting it be what it is. Cause like I, I have some ne- negative characters I could bring out, but I'm just like, nah, I'm gonna let that. It'll come out. Things will come out eventually as we have these conversations. Cause naturally it has to, but, um, I'll just leave, you mm-hmm. know, this where it sits. And, you know, for the women who possibly feel like, well, part one was a little harsh and we was ready for part two to come with it. I feel like I think part two did because we are basically saying, and I feel maybe BJ disagrees a little bit, but I feel like, we have made it clear that the man is his worst enemy in these, in these scenarios. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't show up to in speak up scenarios. for himself. Right. Right. So that's absolutely yeah. what we're saying. And it's, and I think that, um, as we mentioned in the very beginning is, you know, women are in the fire while the mm-hmm. men are in the den hiding. Right. So, Everything that you do in those instances of when we speak about the Tupperware lady Mm -hmm. or the person, when we speak on, you know, brings nothing but themselves and we talk about her Mm -hmm. and her kids, all of those women are different people when a man is present. Mm -hmm. All of those women could be could be completely different when a man is present. When a man exercises proper leadership, not authority, when there's somebody to to navigate how things are going to be done, there is a point where you have to say, look, in order for her and all her kids to come over here, this is what she needs to bring. It needs to be somebody to like delegate with the proper context. So like. Us saying all of what we said about women just heightened the responsibility and expectations of what men will have to do for themselves to reinsert themselves back into their proper position and the proper need that they would like for their women to have in regards to them. So I think that we said much more about men than we actually did about women. It just felt more critical. I agree. So. I'm definitely interested in these characters that you do have, because, again, my process of this was like completely different. No, this was a hard conversation. (laughs) This was very hard because, again, I Uh see myself in here and that's the that's the difficulty of doing what we do, because you are a person that pulls out the like you're the change agent in this. Oh, thank you. You know, like. And it's it's really like unique how after I'm done going over all of what we go over in our, you know, 
kind of in our little writing spaces and things of that nature. And once I began to go over the notes I took over the weeks of us talking and it's like I'm revealing myself and structuring the conversation. I'm I'm learning who I am. I'm seeing where I went wrong as I'm writing, as I'm kind of like processing mm-hmm. all of these notes. And it's like I see everything different after I'm done like putting all of what we come up with right, together right. together. So it's very interesting how these conversations come about. And this is what makes me confident to speak directly to how I feel about women, even though I know that they might not agree right. with what I'm saying. Yeah, And I, I want to also like make sure that that is, that happens. Right. Because at this day and age, we mm-hmm. have to know that, you know, just like women as women, we don't have, a whole bunch of nice things to say about men all the time. We have to assume that they don't have a whole bunch of nice things to say about us all the time either. So I am open. Try to be. Um, I know there's a few note exchanges where I was like, okay, I can't handle this. (laughs) I cannot. (laughs) This will not be. Um, No, I know I've experienced that because it gets tough. It does because here I am a woman and um, I don't want to, just sit up somewhere and deny everything that we experience like it's not real and it's just made up I can't do that I'm a woman I feel I think I experience I'm upset I feel like I'm overlooked you know like there's a lot of things that goes on and I want to make sure that's conveyed in the conversation and my stance so it's like it's tough ladies but I feel like it's also important to give what I can as far as fairness like I, we get to look at it, we get to look at ourselves. Mm-hmm. We get to improve, but we only get to do that if someone actually has the heart and the strength to call us out, no matter the outcome. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I strongly believe that a man doesn't love you if he never checks you. <laughs> there might be some truth to that. Yeah, I strongly believe that. And, and the check, and the check, let me clarify, and this check, it ain't got n- nothing to do with being disrespectful. It's just calling you Mm-mm. out on what's calling real, you out. Right. on what you right. what you displaying, right? So, yeah, absolutely, I agree. Mm-hmm. So, people, we are going to get off your backs at this point <laughs> of for a little conversation. While, temporarily. For a little while. Um, <laughs> but understand how important it is uh, for us to figure this thing out uh today um because again like i said it took a lot of dialogue to come up with such a heavy conversation and i think that um it it leaves you with a lot of answers um to come up with for yourself and your family dynamics and your dating circumstance because um a way to a man's heart is not his stomach anymore Mm. it's a it's a much deeper um, fulfillment that he is in search of that the plate serves as a cover up. It's um, it's just something to buy you time. Um, it's more or less a conversation directly towards how he feels about your relationship, how he feels about the responsibilities that you bring to the table um, to be compiled with his own. It's a much deeper conversation than just the adage of feeding him because what you're feeding him is going to bring him to a very slow death eventually if he doesn't learn how to communicate that things are a little bit too much but then also for women like when you feel as though you're doing your best know that you are there is no 
way of knowing if the person that you're doing your best for has yet to learn how to communicate. All that you have to continue doing is your best. And when your best tells you to stop and not do it, not do it. Make him defend for itself at certain points. Right. Um, it doesn't it doesn't make you less of a partner or less of a mate or helpmate or whatever, you know, adjective you want to place there. It doesn't make you less because he can't communicate. Right. So um, this is how we avoid going into new spaces. Once we leave this person that don't know how to communicate their appetite, we don't have to go into these new spaces saying, well, I did this for somebody who didn't appreciate it because it won't even matter at that point because you know that you, you did your, your best. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. So, yes. And you know what I'm left with? And we can really close out here after this point. I'm left with like the theory of the way to a man's heart is, is his stomach, right? Mm-hmm. Or the way to a man. Is that what the saying was? The way to a man's heart is his stomach? Mm-hmm. When in actuality, the way to a man's heart is his heart and his stomach was just close enough, right? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> close enough. You know, they just oh, let it be. Oh, my God. Let it be. Oh, my God. So that's what, that's, that's what I wanted to interject there. I'm just silly like that. But, guys, yeah. thank you for having this conversation with us. These are so important. We really want y'all to comment. Give us your input. We we are asking for it. We we need it. Mm-hmm. I, Lord knows what will happen to the conversation after we get some outside input, right? Because um, we're continuously yes, evolving, yes. and like as we go bounce ideas off of each other, you know, we are also growing at the same time. So we just want it. Um, don't be shy. Okay, this is a safe space mm-hmm. because we're all holding ourselves accountable, right? Yes, yes, yes. Definitely. And um, just know that the recap, the recaps are important mm-hmm. because we want to make sure that we bring out points just in case this is still going over your head. <laughs> this is something that you don't have to worry about because we're going to try to simplify it by giving the direct pointers that we would like for you to take from the conversations that we're having as well as the lives and the different posts that you see on our social media. So don't be afraid to admit like, hey, I'm still not getting it. Okay, Um, we're still fighting for the understanding between men and women. And in some instances, it's going to be complicated, but there are going to be a lot of easier ways for you to digest as well. So just stay in tune. Follow us on all social media is who gets love pretty much across everything. With the exception of Facebook, it is the Who Gets Love Project, Facebook.com slash Who Gets Love Project. So just continue to to follow support definitely share um we're trying to get this is this to as many people as possible to affect the change and the clarity we will we would like to see in love across the board so that's it we'll see you guys again with more conversation and more things to discuss in a few peace and blessings bye-bye